Hey everybody, hope you're having a wonderful week. Uh, it seems to be warming up a little bit in New York, but we'll see what happens because I feel like I'm sitting here and it's kind of semi-warm today, but watch it get cold. Watch it drop to 30 degrees in two days. Anyway, that's besides the point. I'm looking out the window as I'm recording this. Like, This is such a, such a tease living in New York. You never know what the weather's really going to be. Anyhow, uh, episode seven's here with Jewel's from All Things Iceland. Uh, you'll, you'll hear an interesting story of her experience living in Iceland as a black woman uh, and just her way of like just adjusting to life and adjusting to culture and opening her eyes to what life is really like as a black person and also just like what life is like like as a person that moved from a an American place like New York or super American place like New York to a very European place like Iceland. It's been interesting because uh, I, I at first discovered her on YouTube, as you'll hear, and I just got down to this rabbit hole of like just watching these videos that she was posting. And I was like, this woman is really out here living in this place. I cannot believe this. It's cold. Ain't it cold over there? Like, I mean, it's cold in New York, but like this is a different kind of lifestyle. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So um, ever since I first watched her I've been I'd been obsessed <laughs> with her videos and I just decided to reach out to her just took a chance and was like let me just DM this woman and see if she's interested in even speaking to me and she might be might maybe not and she was which was so dope so uh, unfortunately we had some sound issues the first time we tried to record but the second time we recorded or tried to record it was successful and it was really good because um I feel like our little email exchanges back and forth kind of like broke the ice <laughs> a bit for someone who didn't for two people that didn't know one another so it was pretty dope anyhow here's the interview with Jewels from all things iceland peace first of all Jewels, nice to meet you virtually i'm really excited to get the chance to speak with you today um, i'm chatting with Jewels, who started documenting her life in iceland on youtube on her youtube channel uh, and she created a podcast and she's an instagram page all under the name um all things iceland and i'm really excited for her to tell her her um experiences living in Iceland and her transitioning from life in the U.S. to living over there. So first of all, thank you so much for chatting with me today. My uh, pleasure. Thank you for having me. Great, great. Uh, and if I calculated correctly, well, originally it was supposed to be last week that we were supposed to record and we mm -hmm. had a little bit of mix up with the audio. So uh, this week it's 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, but it's 4 p.m. your time. Yes. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Around 4 p.m. your time. Uh, so that's Greenwich Mean Time. Is that correct? I had to do the Googles and make sure <laughs> uh, what was going on. And then uh, we just got kind of mixed up there because the hours, you guys don't follow daylight savings time. Right. So you're it's kind of useless here, to be honest. Right. right. <laughs> um, so uh, you guys are not following daylight savings time. So there was a little uh, bit of a mix up there, but we're good now. Anyway, um, so just if you can introduce yourself and tell us where you're originally from. Yeah. So like you mentioned, my name is Jules and... I am originally from born and raised in Bushwick, New York, so Brooklyn, basically, right. and I lived there for 30 years of my life <laughs> before <laughs> moving to Iceland. I mean, if you don't count when I went to college for four years, upstate New York, but basically I've been in New York for 30, 30 years, mm -hmm. and I moved to Iceland in 2016, and yeah, I mean, it's been a, an adventure, so when I first moved, I, first of all, I did not know 
when before meeting who's now my husband that I would ever be moving to Iceland. This was not like a calculated thing in my mind that that's the place I would end up. Like I always thought to myself I would live overseas somewhere, but Iceland just, no, never on my radar <laughs> as the place. And the story with my husband goes back quite long. I think it's over 13 years ago now that we met each other in college. Okay. Yeah, which is, that's an interesting story. And I did a whole YouTube video about this, but mm-hmm. in essence, you know, that time we met, but we did not get together and we didn't get together until 2013, I think it is. Yeah, 2013. So like a lot of time happened in between that and a lot of like experiences happened for somehow the universe to get us together and for me to end up in Iceland to somehow then coming up with a podcast about (laughs) Iceland and called (laughs) All Things Iceland. Like it's just bizarre because again, this was not a plot in my brain. I came and I had a job and I worked as a marketing professional, specifically a content marketing manager at a adventure company. When literally like the day I arrived, the next day I, I went to work. So I'd already been like looking for jobs and stuff. And that was kind of my big thing is before moving here, I wanted to have a job secure. And I was very fortunate to get that. And then I moved on to an advertising agency. But all the while, like in between, you know, as time was going on, I had started this passion project of all things Iceland because I was just so fascinated with this place and all the possibilities here of things to do and to learn and the history and it was also helping me assimilate into the culture right and kind of like because the language is hard (laughs) and while I am still learning that and actually this month Gunnar and I my husband were doing just a month of speaking only Icelandic to each other Mm. yeah fun (laughs) this is like great why do I do this to myself? <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> this is pretty much a how you're gonna how you're gonna learn it though. Right. And but with this experience, meaning the podcast, I was not expecting people to really pay that much attention to it. Like, of course, I wanted that. I wouldn't, you know, I'd be lying if I said that. If, what, most creators don't put stuff out there and go like, I don't care if no one pays attention to it. Right. It's like, no, not true. <laughs> but it was very validating that people were starting to respond and send me emails and things like that. And after a while, I was just like, you know, I really am, like, I'm a little bit subdued on the podcast at times because it is just audio. So I kind of was going for like a more NPR vibe, but on video, I'm super animated because that's how I am as a person. Right. And also I was doing the podcast in my closet. (laughs) I was recording in my closet. (laughs) So it's hard to be animated, like with my arms in my closet with all these clothes around me. (laughs) So uh, video just felt like a natural progression. And that's in essence how, you know, in a very short story, how I went from living in Brooklyn and Bushwick to now living in Iceland. Nice. And having the podcast. Yeah. As I was mentioning to you uh, before, uh, the core of the first season of this podcast was the lives, uh, is documenting the lives of first-generation Black people, even though you aren't necessarily right. first-generation uh, Black Icelander, if you ever had a child, you know, that, yeah. <laughs> that would be their experience. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're someone who immigrated to Iceland, so that really is an interesting story, and it, it stuck out to me because I found you on YouTube, and I went down the crazy rabbit <laughs> hole, and I was just like, this woman, I cannot believe <laughs> this is so fascinating. And you yeah. know, you know, I th- I, it's so so funny that you that you that you even documented this because this is so random. I I live in New York, born and raised in Brooklyn, and I often think to myself of like the Midwest, and there are you know we know black people live in certain parts of the Midwest. But I'm just like, how many black people live in this? In- <laughs> you know, yeah. how many can 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 possibly survive in this farm country? 
and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know whatever but I'm sure there are people that, that live there and, and you and farm and do whatever we just don't see them as much we just you know whatever it is is happening <laughs> <laughs> this is like everybody's a farmer <laughs> farms in the midwest um but no yeah and then uh, I don't know if you know Simone Sanders. She's on CNN. She's from like Nebraska. And I would never have a yeah. looking at yeah. her, right? But she's just not, she's so cosmopolitan, right? Like this is just her whole demeanor. She's very just like, you know. Yeah. But you you just can't judge the person just by, you don't know what the person's story is. Right. And that is really what this podcast is for me. It's an education for me too, right? There are things, yeah. I love culture and I love these all these different things. I'm just- I just don't know sometimes I need to know. I want to learn. Yeah, you're curious. That's what's needed, I think, to have an interesting time is this like this childlike curiosity. That's what keeps it interesting for you and also for your guests because they get a chance to explain some things that maybe most people might gloss over because they're assuming. But it's like, don't assume. Just ask as many questions as you want. Or do the Googles. Yeah, or do the... If you can find it, that's the thing. It's like there are stories of this, like what you're doing with your podcast and what I'm doing as well is that trying to tell stories that don't normally get heard so in my case like there is a wall of language so if you don't speak Icelandic there's a good chance you won't hear or understand or find out about these stories like who's looking up you know about first generation black people or black Icelanders I should say in Iceland because you assume they're not here right you assume that people of color are just not here period and that's not true so that's you know really interesting in general is that there's so many fascinating stories if you kind of like democratize the knowledge and give people the opportunity to actually access it instead of it being behind some type of a wall or something right we need the representation 100 percent. you know because if we don't have that we really it's sad but we don't we not we're not really aware sometimes that things exist because we don't see it represented sometimes right exactly so yeah anyhow um like your your most recent uh, episode of your podcast i decided to ask my audience Mm -hmm. uh what questions they might have had for you so interesting to hear this. <laughs> I mean, it's what's so funny is that I did it as an, an Instagram reel, and it was the one Instagram reel that got like ten thousand likes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. Two hundred followers. So I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like, what's going on here? Obviously, this is an interesting topic for people, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't follow me at all. Asking questions like, hey, so what's? I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is. <laughs> serious um, so you already answered um how you met your husband and where you're originally from off the top of your head can you think of this these are just my questions can you think of challenges or culture shocks that you uh, experienced right away when you arrived Mm -hmm. yes definitely so (laughs) there's a couple I mean there's like I feel like all the senses get activated in Iceland because there's so many different things that are just you're not used to if you're from the U.S. for instance and one of them is, I remember when I first visited, turning on the hot water downtown, there are pipes that have like sulfur in them. And none of this is like harmful for you. You can drink the water, it's fine. But when you turn on the hot water, it smells like rotten eggs. <laughs> and you shower in this, right? And you're like, I'm going to stink like rotten eggs. And actually you don't. I mean, the, the smell evaporates off of you. It's not like it sticks with you throughout the day. But that was shocking, right? Because it's like, ew, uh, right. I also don't want to use the hot water. Thanks, right? So it's like, and it comes out boiling hot. That's, you have to be very careful because they don't have the, like maybe not, well, not everywhere does. I know this for a fact because in our house, this is the case that if I'm not watching out or if it's not watching out, then you leave the hot water on for too long, it can get boiling hot and you could burn yourself. 
So yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is the thing in places where it's not, you know, like there's not a lot of litigation <laughs> where people aren't like constantly trying to sue people. Right, that there isn't this like, it's like, you should know better, right? Just pay attention. <laughs> and in the wintertime, it gets, as much as Iceland, the name Iceland, there's ice or whatever. I very much am happy when there's not so much ice, meaning like on the streets or on the sidewalks. And I live in a town called Mosfetlspide, which is a 15 minute drive outside of downtown Reykjavik, which doesn't sound like anything. To a New Yorker, that's amazing, right? It's like, if you had to commute 20 minutes, it's like, oh, wow. Here, it's like, that's really far away. It's like, I can't walk there. <laughs> yes, it's like, what? But here it's like, it's different because in, in the very downtown, they have hot water pipes underneath the streets in certain areas so that the hot water pipes warm up the streets during the winter so that you don't get this like thick layer of ice so it's you know it could be very hard to walk whereas where I'm in this town no they don't care <laughs> there's definitely not that <laughs> set up everywhere and so you can walk out of your house and go ice skating practically really? and I know of people who have fallen and broken their elbows and like it is not a game it is it is scary and my husband thinks it's fun to almost fall like he's like ha didn't fall right <laughs> just like where are your micro spikes this is not funny <laughs> you know because he grew up with it yeah. so you know this is like these little things and then a kind of more major one which is harder for me is that in Iceland uh it's normal to in, in Nordic countries in general it's normal to leave your baby in the carriage outside to take a nap because it's like they want them to have the fresh air and they're bundled up. I mean, they're very much warm and the babies love it, you know, but it, don't be surprised if you walk by a shop, a coffee shop and you see a baby carriage outside and there's nobody out there with the baby carriage or someone's house, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as a person, again, from New York or from any major city or most cities, I think, You'd be like, there's no way I'm leaving my baby outside. Like, I'm just not doing that. Someone's going to snatch it. That's like, that's like a guarantee. <laughs> it's like my baby's going to be on the black market somewhere. Like, it's like really terrible. So like, yeah, that is the thing here. And it's still a thing here. And it is um, not something, if I have children, I plan on doing this play that. <laughs> so it's, it's, and I'm, I'm not judging it. Yeah. But I am like it, it, it's still it's still to this day is hard for me and I've had relatives who had babies meaning like my Icelandic family mm -hmm. and they're like oh yeah the baby's fine I'm the one in the house and we're all like eating and I'm like constantly thinking what about the baby what about the baby you know like it's just like it's almost like a weird obsession and um yeah there's a lot of things you go to the pool you have to shower naked before going into the pool with and it's in a communal space but it's it's you know the male and female bathrooms are different, of course, yeah. but it's just everyone's out there and no one is thinking of this as a strange thing. They're just like, wash your body. You know, like, we don't care what you look like. Yeah. Just make sure you're clean before you get in. And for a lot of my friends who've come and some family, they have been like, I'm not, I don't really like this. <laughs> like, can we just hurry up? Can I leave my bra on? Can I leave my, no. You have to strip naked. You cannot put your bathing suit on either. You have to be naked. And there are monitors, not compete, not like um, cameras, but there are physical people in like the major places, especially like the big pool downtown that they are literally in the shower area. They have like a little like office <laughs> and they, if they see you come and you have on your bathing suit, they're like, excuse me, you have to take your bathing suit off, blah, blah, blah. And now they've actually made like private showers just a few of them for people who don't feel comfortable being out with everybody else but it's like no you're not you're not getting away and they're like and you have to use soap 
you have to. <laughs> so it's just like these things that would never be enforced or I, I I'll put this not enforced where I've, I've gone to pools in New York. There's no, there's nobody in there who would tell you, I, like you almost dare someone to have to say something to you. <laughs> it's like, come on, that's not happening. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. So that's, that's, those, those are some definitely interesting things to transition to when you're coming from a place like, like New York and living mm-hmm. in What was your, um, so you said you met your husband in college. And so you were familiar a little bit with some of the Icelandic culture at all? No. So, okay, this is so funny. The way I met him is through another friend. So I met a guy named Orre, who was Icelandic. He was going to the same school. I was going to RPI, which is upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And Orre, I think it was a graduate student when I was a freshman, but we met at a party. And this is a really random story, but I was faking an English accent because I thought it would be funny. <laughs> Just to, you know, I knew the people who were there. Like These are my like freshman friends right. who were who were at a fraternity because there weren't very many places to go and party. So of course you just, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not really much of a fan of fraternities and all that stuff now that I like think back to these experiences and like these <laughs> kind of like, I don't have anything against them. It's just like, it was never for me, you know? But I did go to their parties because they were fun. So yeah, <laughs> but um, so he also was not part of a fraternity but somehow ended up at this party and he had an english accent and so he asked me he's like oh you from england and i was like no and i was like are you from england he's like no and then we just started like drinking together and come to find out he's from iceland and we just started becoming friends and um he showed me a book this is my first introduction to icelandic was he showed me an icelandic book with you know the writing in there and i i literally laughed and i was like there's no way there's anybody that like can understand what is written in this book, right? Because there's like characters and all this stuff that come to find out is actually in old English. Old English used to have characters that are still in Icelandic because Icelandic is so ancient and it was like mutually intelligible Icelandic, old Icelandic and old English. So it's just like, this is so bizarre to think that like technically, you know, way back in the day, we would have been able to understand each other, but oh. our like English just evolved so much and Iceland was so isolated that it did, the language didn't evolve. For it's like, you can read the sagas from the 1200s and you know, like, and still understand it if you understand Icelandic. So super fascinating. And he had Icelandic friends coming to visit and Gunnar was, you know, who later became my husband was one of those people. So that's how I initially met him. And it was just like, we all spent the night partying together and I thought he was really cute and you know stuff like that. But I was also like, I don't know, what, 18, 19 or something. Right. it's like, there's no way guy in Iceland. First of all, I'm not even thinking about anything. I'm laughing at Icelandic books at this point, right? So it's like, I'm not thinking about being in a relationship with some guy across the Atlantic. I was just having fun and yeah. you know, nothing happened between us, but we just, yeah. yeah. And then Facebook was a thing. So you have the contact through there. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, so let's go to the questions from okay. my friends. Uh, Empress Phil asked, is it a phenomenon to see Black folks in Iceland? She said, I would assume yes, but please elaborate. It isn't for me now because I know of the people here. I feel like so many of us are hidden because we're not like in the downtown area with all the tourists, you know, like you can be spread out into different neighborhoods. So there might be a time where you never meet, you know, a person who looks like you or similar to you or that many of them, unless you're kind of part of a group that has them in it, right? So right now, for instance, after going to the um, George Floyd 
for gathering that we had in Iceland in the summertime, I was astonished. <laughs> like the amount of people of color and black people. I was like, wait, all these people live here? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, this is crazy. And that, like, I have no idea who most of these people are. Some of them I've, I've seen, but and maybe never met, but this was a great opportunity to meet them. But others, it was just like, I met Claudia, who is uh, from Jamaica. And I did a podcast episode with her and she's a human rights lawyer here. And she came from Jamaica because she fell in love with an Icelandic guy and, you know, went through law school. She's the first person outside of Europe to um, go through law school in Icelandic completely, because that's the only way you can do it, and pass the bar in Iceland. So it's like she's made history. She's, she's making history continuously by being a human rights lawyer. And I would have never met her or we would have been really delayed in meeting her maybe you know, years or something, if I hadn't gone to this gathering. And then the thing afterwards, which was we all went out to eat, like many of us did. So, and they, and I found out that day that she had passed, uh, not passed, but she became partner in her firm that she's been working in for so long. And I was like, oh, it's amazing. And it was just like, congratulations. And I thought to myself, I want to interview this lady. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is her story? Right. So yeah, there was just, and I became part of this group that we have a Facebook, you know, private messaging group or whatever. And I have then been continuously introduced to more people of color in Iceland because of this. But this is a total coincidence to some degree, you know, like if I had, hadn't gone to this gathering, I wouldn't have not met these people. Or if I, or if I had said like, I'm not going to go out to eat with you, I have something else going on, right? So I feel like it's a bit closed off the access to people here about that. And I, that might be changing now because of all of the different conversations that are having about race and especially for people who are Icelanders that don't look like what's expected from people on the outside you know regarding Iceland like not blonde hair blue eyed or mixed or whatever so this has been like for me just like a awakening <laughs> to the different people here so yeah it's it's surprising yeah this is going going on going in line with that um this is going to sound like a really surface question, but I am also interested in this. Okay. Genuinely interested. So uh, I'm looking at Jules and I can see that she has beautiful locks. Mm -hmm. Fine product to do mm. here. And mm -hmm. I, uh, is that something that's easy to find or do you have to order things online and have them shipped? <laughs> yeah, I do not look for products nice and for my hair. <laughs> like That's not happening. Mainly because I just don't expect it. It's just, it's so niche in comparison to even like natural hair, right? <laughs> it's like, like, I don't look for anyone to do it for me. I do it myself. If I go to New York to visit, then I might have, you know, like a pamper day where someone else has my hair, which is really nice. Yep. But I just stock up on products in the US and bring them with me to Iceland. And that lasts me a long time. Like I'm buying the, I'm that person with the big jug of like shampoo right? <laughs> and like conditioner and everything. Yeah. Who's spending like, you know, one day just doing their hair because that's just what it takes. And that when my hair was loose, I did the same thing too, because yeah. yeah. You, so you started growing locks in, in Iceland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's even yeah. more interesting. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, to be fair, like I did not do the normal route. Like I decided to get extensions. And okay. so my hair is, was already quite long mm -hmm. when I decided to do it. Um, but I was working in a corporate environment. So I, I decided to venture off and do all things Iceland. as like my main job as of last summer, end of last summer, 2020. And I was working at an ad agency, like one of the biggest ad agencies in 
Iceland. And it was like, I really don't want to be showing up with like starter lock, like my hair looking fuzzy. You know, it was just like, it was one of those, like, you know, I had to make a decision about it because as much as it seemed like a really fun experience, I also realized that, you know, I have clients <laughs> that I have to meet every day. And I, I know that a lot of people, when they've talked about starting their locks, that it's like they have they call it an ugly face. Some people do. Like I've seen it. I, I don't think it's ugly. I just think it's like, it's a different look than what it looks up, looks like later on, which right. can be hard to um, be accepting of because you realize it's a temporary thing, but it just changes your whole vibe. Right. So, and I was like, you know what? I don't have time for that. So <laughs> I'm just going to go with having it. I've had these for more than a year and I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. They look good on YouTube. Thank um, you. So the next question we have is from someone named strawcandy.cause. And she asked, uh, I'm from the U.S. Is racism a problem in Iceland? And how would you compare it to the U.S.? And the second question she asks is, do you think women of color face higher discrimination than men of color? Mm, in Iceland. In Iceland. Okay. So is uh, racism, a problem, racism a problem here? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it the same as the U.S. absolutely not. It's a very, it's so different because of history and knowledge. Like there's a lot of ignorance around topics of race because there's like what you see on television or whatever else and when you think might be cool or okay. And like young kids here, and I'll give an example of Birta Apipa, who I had the pleasure of interviewing. So she was the first, and I, and I didn't call her the first black beauty queen in Iceland that she identifies as black and she's mixed and I there's actually a weird argument on <laughs> YouTube about this uh, not under the interview but under like a community post that I did where these other women who are black were like no she's not black you can't say that about her I was like first off we're like the nar- different narratives of black people black women it varies. Her being mixed with Icelandic does not make her, in my opinion, any less Black. And for her, the way that she'd been treated, being called the N-word, she'd been kicked in the stomach for being Black, right? So it's just like, um, I'm not here to be like, girl, you're not, right? She's like, she's experienced things I've never experienced. And I'm darker than her. <laughs> so, so this for me is like, you know, you have these different experiences, meaning like I've not, ex- I've not had this overt racism problem you know there might be that someone was acting weird toward me in a store or something but they never said anything to me that however doesn't invalidate that other people have had overt racism experiences to the point where like they for them this is not a place they would want to be you know and I think that's horrible because racists are everywhere you know like people are always trying to look for a way to make you feel less than and I think the hard part is that when you are an Icelander who looks different, like the color of your skin is different, whatever else. And you say you go to a store and someone just automatically speaks to you in English, who's Icelandic, who, who is a white Icelander, right? That is a microaggression of like, I assume you are not, you don't belong here, right? <laughs> it's just like, wait, we can't, we can't even start out in Icelandic. This is kind of messed up just to even see. And I always like in Moso where I live, this is the short, short um, nickname for most of us to abide. But in Moso where I live, like everybody just speaks in Icelandic regardless. Like they expect that from you. <laughs> so I, that's nice. And I'm not saying downtown Reykjavik is always going to be like that because there's so many tourists, but there have been, you know, places where people have gone where they're not, 
um, in downtown Reykjavik and they've experienced that, including Birta. She was in a taxi cab. She had just finished being Miss Universe Iceland. She'd been that 2019 and she was in a taxi cab. She'd been on billboards in the damn country, okay? For this like um, soda water company called Kristoff. And the taxi driver was telling her how he was gonna like show her like teach her about Iceland and like about Icelandic. And she's like, she's fluent. She's been living here her whole life. Okay. She speaks Icelandic. That is her first language. And it was just like, and she was just like, it was so crushing. Like, the, you know, I just finished doing this thing and this person still assumes right? that like, right. like he doesn't know that part about her, but just the assumption period that this is, she's stepping back into this reality of like, <sighs> it's frustrating. So yeah. Um, it is different for sure. It is not like the same with in the US where you have the history of slavery and, uh, but still Iceland, many Icelanders have seen media where black women are objectified or they think the same things about black women. You know, like I've had a person tell me that uh, they'd never been with a black woman before. And I was like, and why is that in my business? Well, well, you know, this is not a, first of all, this is not a good pickup line. <laughs> I'm, I'm married. Right. We can start with that. Right. But also it's not a good pickup line. And I'm not something that you just go like, oh, check. Got right. it. Right. Like this is, and this is something someone said to me as they felt was a compliment. Okay. So, and I had to be like, I'm not even doing that. I got so upset. I was, I was pretty drunk at the time to be fair. Okay. So <laughs> I had to like leave and I cried because it was just one of those things like, what, am I, what is this? Like, well, I'm just trying to live my life, have a good time. And then you feel like you have to project this onto me because you wanted something really. Why do you assume that I'm interested? Yeah, that too. I mean, first of all, yeah. Yeah. People are real bone faced. And they are. I just, wow. Wow. Interesting. And that was an Icelander. So it's just like, and not to say that he was trying to be uh, racist, but in his ignorance, he doesn't realize, you know, or maybe he does, I don't know. But the objectification of me in this case and of many women of color, I'm sure, you know, who have encountered that, it's just like, no, I'm not your thing to experience and then be like, well, I'm good going about my life now. So yeah, it, it definitely does. I mean, there's so many aspects and there's also this book about, um, like we talked about, you know, there's Dr. Seuss and that whole discussion that's been going on and people getting hurt over it. And it's like, Dr. Seuss doesn't give a crap. Like the company doesn't care. Why do you care so hard? You know, <laughs> but here there was a book that had, they were talking about having republished called 10 Little Negro Boys. Mm-hmm. And it is not a good book in terms of image for black people right like it has the caricatures of the big red lips and like the and this person who illustrated this book many many years ago I think he's dead by now uh he had actually studied in New York so he learned at some point this you know caricature of black people and so this was not meant to be like people like oh no it's innocent but he didn't know I was like yes he definitely knew okay stop it stop trying to protect this narrative that you want to have because in your mind this was a positive experience like you had a positive experience with the book as a kid but for generations now like let's let go of this let's stop this you know and there was like a huge debate about it and people getting so heated over a book and yeah so you'll have these types of issues for sure this is this is this is first of all i asked these questions thinking there wouldn't be a, like an extensive answer but you're, you're you're like there's like so many layers of racism and so oh yeah places you don't even realize it and you i mean you know 
um, that it exists, right? Like I, I'm, I'm 100% aware that it exists in every facet, in every way. And even in, in people's own countries, you can be an African and someone will come into your country and take mm-hmm. their country as their, you know what I mean? Like the culture and instruments yes. and that kind of thing too. That There's a whole different layer of, you know, just a whole different thing altogether there. Um, but in a place like Iceland, where I guess, you know, um, it's so far away from what people, you know, think, or you think of Europe, you don't, I don't necessarily always think of Iceland as just right. one of the countries to like visit and so forth and so on. I think more so for New Yorkers now, because the, 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 um, the trip is so, it's so, so easy to get to now. Yeah, it, it's, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a quick trip. But yeah, it, it's, it's, you don't think of a racism happening. I think, especially from us in the States, you don't think of it happening anywhere else than here. Because yeah. Here. I mean, to the extent though, in the States or like in certain Caribbean countries, right? It's like, it's horrible, right? In comparison. And yeah. like, I did an interview with Dr. Dr. Christine Lofstotter and this is what took the rose colored glasses away. And I was like, oh crap, like I really need to, like in this, the whole blow up last summer you know, for everybody was hard. And for me being away from the United States, as much as it was like, it felt like, you know, distance would be helpful. It was actually harder because it was like, I felt so disconnected from what's going on there. There's so many stuff. There's so much, like you mentioned layers, right? There's so many layers here. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's so many layers here that we all can like explore. And I'm trying to do it still from that place of like childlike curiosity, but it isn't anymore. I mean, this is adult curiosity because it's like, what if I have kids? You know what I mean? Or just me existing, period, right? Like, what's going to happen? And when I talked to her, that was intense because she's been studying and researching and talking about whiteness, racism, and Nordic exceptionalism in Iceland for like over a decade. And I found, I literally, I think, Googled racism <laughs> in Iceland or something and like papers of hers came up. And I was like, oh, now she just broke it down for me about you know being utilizing whiteness in Iceland was a tool for them to be on the come up basically because they were a colony of Denmark but not the same way that St. Croix was a colony of Denmark you know like there was kind of like more feudalism in that you know people were uh on far they had farms but they were basically indebted all the time I mean like they basically didn't own a lot of their own stuff. Iceland has been very, very, very poor for so long. It's only very recent in history that Icelandic people have had wealth. And it's not too long ago, they were living in turf houses, houses made with like dirt, basically. Yeah, so, but they were also like Greenland is a, a colony of Denmark. Iceland is no longer that um, a colony. They were, they got their uh, independence in 1944, but Greenland is still owned by Denmark. And for instance, trying to separate themselves from looking like savages, which is what Greenlandic Inuits were, look, were, were called, you know, or have been called. And so being white was a key part in that. So of course, like showing that you're intelligent or whatever else, but utilizing your whiteness to be like, no, we're not the same. <laughs> we're actually, we're, we're worthy of being on the same level as Danish people or Swedish people or Norwegian people, or whatever else, you know, don't put us in that category and they would get really upset and they would use like she also mentioned the use of women Icelandic women like a white woman to um as symbols of like purity so like showcasing them in nature for instance and that's like something that has perpetuated in branding for the country like when you see the blue lagoon you normally see a white woman 
bathing and, you know, being pure in this like environment that is untouched and beautiful. And there was even this one crazy ad that I think was in the UK of like, basically have a weekend in Iceland with an Icelandic woman. That was like the, yeah, exactly. Right. He's like, your face, it tells it all. (laughs) It's like, excuse me. (laughs) Yes. And of course people were outraged here about that. Like, wait, what do you, what you can't, like, this is ridiculous. So that conversation with her, like that episode, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I wanted to know, but did I, <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but you know, it's good that you do know, like you're, you're in, in you don't want to know some of these things because they're just so like, just messed up, but yeah. they're so important because then it gives you a really good framework for like how you handle the environment that you live in too, mm-hmm. right? I, those microaggressions that come, come your way, you realize they come from something they may not even know why people don't don't even know why they're saying things sometimes right right most of the time you don't, you don't know why you you act the way that you do but you just that is part of, part of your personality until someone snaps you into consciousness like okay yes. this is what you're doing and you exactly sound, you know what i mean um is it our job to do that to people for, for people i'm not really sure that it is yeah. <laughs> but it's a whole other conversation in and of itself um okay yes yeah, so that that's that's pretty interesting and i'm gonna i'm gonna actually go back to that episode that you spoke where you spoke with um this woman that we see. yeah because that's um yeah it's, it's a while back i think it was in the summer that i posted that i think so yeah listen, um, it's and i'll say that it's important for me to mention though that like most icelandic people at least in terms of my podcast and my youtube channel have been very supportive so that's what's interesting to me on a whole like i mean there might be a one-off person who's a jerk it's mostly people from other countries who are like, especially on YouTube, YouTube is like troll central, you know, yeah. <laughs> and so, like it is getting better. And uh, I think YouTube is trying, you know, to do things. I'm not sure if they're doing enough, but it's hard for me to tell, but I've gotten comments from foreigners on YouTube about like, why are you talking about Iceland or why? And it's like, what? So why not? Like, why is this in a, in it? And you know, it does inside of you, especially as a person of color, especially as a black person, right? We're always constantly being like, uh, being told that, you know, we're not worthy enough to have these platforms or have a voice, you know, and be included in the narrative about anything. It's like, you should just sit there and be quiet and we'll tell you what you are, you know? And it's like, in this case, it's so radical to see a black woman, to have see a dark skinned person period in a majority white country enjoying themselves, <laughs> like going about, because my channel for the most part is about my life here, which has been awesome. Like I'm, I'm very happy that it's been an adventure because otherwise I'd be miserable. Okay. Like I don't want that in my life. And I'm glad that like a lot of Icelanders who do follow me are like, yes, thank you. I'm glad that you talked about this or whatever else. And then you have someone random, like go back to Africa. Like, what are you talking about? Like what, what I'm, you didn't even watch the video probably. Right. It's just like, yeah. yeah. Say something and they have the platform and they're behind a keyboard. Uh, yes they can do so no names and you know what yeah. let, me, let me say this too i think because the name of your title your, of your channel is all things iceland and not black in iceland mm-hmm. I feel like you're not a representation of what icelanders should mm-hmm. look like exactly I mean? or be or whatever yeah. you know meanwhile you can name your 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 um your channel anything you want to but you're also you live there and that's it's your lifestyle and that is what, mm-hmm. that is what your life is about now so why wouldn't it be about where you're from yeah. You know? And I literally talk about all things Iceland. That's the point, yeah. right? That is like, cause I don't want anything to be off limits. <laughs> and little did I know how much of a like Pandora's box that could be. Right. Like a controversial, right? Just <laughs> the name. Oh my goodness. Everything's controversial that we do anyhow anyway. Yeah, true. <sighs> um, 
So uh, Gina Biv asked, what motivates you to stay there? Um, and this may, may or may not apply in the same way since you, you, you're married. Um, but she said, asked if you have dated there, did you ever feel that your interest was mostly due to your differentness? And she put that, put that in quotes. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can apply this, you know, as, as you um, feel it necessary as, a, as, yeah. as, as it applies to you. So your what motivates me to stay here? I love living here. The nature is amazing. My family is amazing. My husband's amazing. Like I'm, I'm very fortunate to have such a supportive environment and Icelandic people in general. Like what I, I mean, there's many things I love about this culture because there is a lot of openness to like new things. You know, as much as we talk about like racism, I think a lot of that, like Icelanders are usually quick to like catch on to something and be like, okay, we can make this change because they're a small country. And for instance, like being a vegan here, super easy, right? Like, and you would not assume that about living somewhere where their traditions are meat and potatoes. <laughs> so like, yeah. But here it's just like, it's blown up and being vegan is very easy. Like I can, I, we just went to the market earlier today and it was great. And I have no problems finding what I need. Not granted it's expensive, but it's yeah. not just because it's vegan. It's just because everything in this freaking country is expensive. That's just how it is. But, <laughs> so um, motivation to stay is I am, I'm happy here. You know, I was, I love New York City a lot. I was tired of it after a while though. Like um, I think it might've been also just needing a change. And it, Iceland happened to be that change that, Technically, it's like, you know, very, it's slower than New York. It's not slow. Like people here do work a lot and things like that, but it's definitely slower than New York. And I also have access to nature that I did not have access to in New York City. That is very uh, helpful for my mental health. It's helpful for me physically. And I don't know, the air is clean, the water's clean. <laughs> There's so many yeah. things that, that make it easy to stay here. It's easy for my family to come here. So yeah, it's, it's very easy for me to live here, meaning like I feel very comfortable. I feel supported. I'm happy. Like my Icelandic my family is my family. Like I don't, there's not a person that I interact with here, um, meaning that's like a connection to me that I don't feel happy about. Like my sister is my sister. My husband's brother's wife who's like, you know, technically sister-in-law, kind of, like we don't really have a good word for it in, in English, but she's like my sister, you know, and like we connect in these ways that is just so beautiful. And I'm just so happy that this, it doesn't matter. I'm not black jewels, you know what I mean? Like right. I'm just jewels. And I went yeah. to work, I was not black jewels. People would ask me questions like random things, but I felt comfortable with them. And it was never mm -hmm. like, um, it was never about, it didn't feel like it was about race. It was like that for me. Yeah, yeah. And dating, I have not dated here. And I don't plan to, mm -hmm. <laughs> <That's insane. laughs> um, but I, I wouldn't like, for me, there wasn't in terms of like my dating choices. Like I've dated people, men who were black. I've dated a guy who was like, um, Hispanic, you know, like it was, it just was good enough to kind of like randomly happened. And yeah. I was never expecting to date him. Like yeah. that was so the weird thing is that we were friends and I remember him calling me when he was visiting his mentor in Atlanta because he had moved to the United States at some point. So that's another okay. thing. So he ended up living in the U.S. for eight years. Okay. And he was married at one point too, to mm -hmm. an Icelandic woman. Mm -hmm. And that didn't, you know, they ended up getting divorced and he dated a black woman before me, you know, like, and that's not to say too that for him, it was like he was only honing in on that because obviously he had been with other women that were yeah. not black, you know? So, right. And in our case, it was more like... <laughs> We hadn't seen each other in a long time. And he had even said, like, I don't want to be with anybody 
who isn't in Iceland because that's a lot. Meaning like I plan on moving back there and I don't want to expect someone else to have to do that for me. And I was like, and I don't want to be with anybody who doesn't live in New York because I don't want long distance, right? And it's all these things you say, I don't want, I'm not doing. And then you do it. <laughs> you right. change because you, you fall in love with somebody. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you never say never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't You don't know until you're there, right? Like until you're exactly. in it. Yeah. That's, I think we all get tested this way. It's like, yeah, I'm never doing that. And it's like, oh yeah, let's see. <laughs> I, I, I'm the queen of like, my friends will say something like, you're, you're going to end up with so-and-so and so. I'm like, ah! whatever and I'm, I try everything in my power to prove them wrong and then I end up just like mm-hmm. right <laughs> you can you see me outside of me so you know what's up exactly <laughs> the blind spots it's there, there. there. <laughs> yeah yeah you know I have a side question you mentioned um Greenland that was um at one point was or still is sorry um part of Denmark Denmark technically mm-hmm. are there and they had some they had Inuit people that were in Greenland is that what you said they are so like Greenlandic people yeah I mean that so I've been very fortunate I was able to go there I mean two or three years ago it was for work funny enough Mm -hmm. and we were there for nine days and it's amazing it's just like insanely beautiful and talk about untouched like you can't there aren't even roads that connect the towns in Greenland really or go by helicopter wow (laughs) yeah exactly it's like okay (laughs) this is not what I was expecting right and and yet at the same time it's very rugged so like we were in Kulusuk which is you know if you were to think about technology now and like housing and stuff like that it is not developed in that way so bathrooms, for instance, there are bath- there's a bathroom in like the hotel and maybe uh, at the airport where you can flush the toilet. That's it. Yeah. Everyone else where we stayed, where it was in the hostel, you don't flush the toilet. Ooh. You poop in a plastic bag. <laughs> so like there's a, there's a big, it's like an outhouse. Yeah. Except it's in the house, but it's out. The house. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's, like, it's like, it's connected. Like it's part of the house and it's inside but it is, it is not, I'm just gonna have to say it's gross. It is. And I was just, I was so upset when I went because I was just like, why, why is this, you know, why is this happening? I feel like why, you know, in in Nuke, which I've not been to, which is more developed than Kulusuk, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like it was really messed up that people are in a way like forced to live in these conditions. Denmark has a lot of money. They -hmm. get their, you know, whatever resources and you know benefits that they get from Greenland and you have people who have to poop in plastic bags and tie them up and they throw it into the ocean right it's just like this is not cool you can come up with some compostable bathroom situation because they can't like in the ground there's a I think it's granite that's there mostly so it's really hard to like dig into and build sewer systems and stuff so that poses a problem I get it but there are other solutions and I just don't feel like this is an okay thing uh in my opinion and and when I was there I was just like I feel like if I lived there I'd be like this activist (laughs) like trying to get like compost toilets or or figuring out something different because I just don't you know these people work hard their lives are a lot of them are um fishing like you know killing whales to live or seals or whatever else and that's their livelihood and they are very respectful of nature Mm. and it's amazing because like they could overfish the seals there, you know, but they're like, no, you, you get punished by nature if you do this, right? So there is this like harmonizing that happens there. And as a person who doesn't eat meat or fish or whatever else, I very much respect what they're doing because mm-hmm. it's a harsh environment. Like wintertime is no joke. They're in the Arctic right. Circle. There's a very small piece of Iceland in the very north of the country that's an Arctic Circle. So we don't get those same 
type of winter conditions Winters. at all. Mm-hmm. So I, in a way, I'm like, I, for the people that are there, I just feel like there's been, I don't know the whole story. I should say it like that. First of all, like I want a disclaimer and be like, I'm, I'm not full up on the whole history of Greenland, but I do feel like there's a lot of inequality, you know, there based yeah. off of who has the power to do something or a powerful nation that could be doing something. Are there, are there any um, native or indigenous peoples living in Iceland? So, I mean, all Icelanders basically are descendants of uh, settlers from Norway for the most part. Mm-hmm. So they're not like in Greenland where, you know, it was probably back in like the ice ages or something where people, yeah. you know, people were just were like had migrated there and lived there. It's this, it's more of like in the ninth and 10th centuries, Norwegian people, some of them were okay. fleeing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, exactly. That that's as indigenous as you're gonna get with Iceland. Right. Like this, right? Which I mean that's I mean, it's, for them. It's it's it's, it's a it's a long time ago. So yeah, it's yeah, fair. exactly. <laughs> so yes, but it's yeah. just it's not seen in the same way. They're they're not definitely not called indigenous. Yeah. You know, they might say native Icelanders, which is again is like this wording that is used that is coded in our in English or in other languages in order to separate who is like a nice way of saying savage is like indigenous for many people. Like this mm-hmm. is how they kind of use it in an academic sense. Mm-hmm. And that's something I talked about with uh, Christine Lofstadter. Like she mm-hmm. brought that up in mm-hmm. terms of how that language is used. It's like, yeah, because you don't hear Icelanders being called indigenous ever because they don't want to be associated with that same type mm-hmm. of, you know, what that is like. It's basically an evolution of using the word savage. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I've yeah. never thought of it this way before ever, yes. you know? yes. Yes. Interesting. 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 Um, so the next question we have is from Adrian Renee. Uh, he asked, in what instances do you feel like you don't fit in as an Icelandic woman? Um, and is it because they make people that are from Iceland make you feel that way or, or what you know of your American roots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From day one, I've always felt like I'm Jules from New York. I'm not okay. trying to be Jules from Iceland. Okay. (laughs) And I'm very comfortable with that because I am proud of where I'm from. And Mm -hmm. I'm proud of, you know, my family and my own heritage and like, you know, the people who raised me and helped me to become the people, the person I am. New York helped raise me as much as that is scary at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things you can experience, (laughs) you know, and, you know, American culture has its toxicity for sure but it's also a part of me in that like I've learned things by watching television or you know hearing about whatever or experiencing it firsthand which I feel like New York though is quite different because we're in a bubble you know in Mm -hmm. terms of we're not the same as in certain places but still we it all seeps in (laughs) into a it's like a, a sieve you know like certain things get in and I've never needed that validation. I've never needed Icelanders to say to me like, oh, you're Icelandic. Like, you know, if someone says something to me like, oh, you say this word or you you pronounce things like an Icelander, that to me is a compliment because I am trying to imitate it when I speak the language because I don't want to sound, when I speak the language, like a foreigner. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think anybody would want to have that ability to kind of switch back and forth, you know? Yeah. But um, I think about kids or adults who are, mixed or who have grown up here for their whole lives maybe they they're not Icelandic meaning as like they have parents that are Icelandic or a parent but they still grew up here mm-hmm. and how that can be hard to not feel like they're a part of it you know that they're not considered Icelandic yeah and you know that's what your identity is that's what you how you've grown up yeah you are 
And I feel like people need to recognize that. But for me personally, it is definitely not. I, I love being Jules from New York. And I will tell you immediately <laughs> where I'm from. Some people feel like, yeah, we know. And they're like, yeah, but I'm, I'm just gonna remind you. <laughs> so. Yeah, New Yorkers, New Yorkers, like, I don't care where, what part of Brooklyn or the Bronx or wherever we go in the world, we like to remind people we're from New York. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna take that away from us. <laughs> no, as if someone's taking it away from us, but we're from New York. You must know. <laughs> I think like, people also, for the most part, it's like you can, if you don't say you're from the U.S., but if you say you're from New York, that's a good thing. Yeah. Right? And I, I, I know that's really messed up. But yeah, it's I true. know what you mean. It's true. It is. It's because it's so, so different in different parts. So yes. they get it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. are conditioned to think we're, we're awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I roll with that. You're right. You're right. You're right. Born with it's just like we, they inject confidence when we come out the womb, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stamped New York, because yeah. 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 people will ask you that's the other thing, and they'll be like, Are you from New York? Are you from New York City? Are you from New York State? Or ah. like, No, I'm from New York City, like, that's, oh, and that's a, I think that's a, a thing I never had to think about really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like getting those there's questions. a difference <laughs> mm-hmm. that the, the, outside of those five boroughs and like Yonkers and like you know, the little sur- surrounding areas that are like really close to the city yeah very different and the, even people people mm-hmm. sound different when they speak i met someone i want to say maybe like 14 years ago he was living here temporarily and he came from upstate new york and i was like looking at him like you new york and he's like yeah he told me what, what part of new york he's from and then when i looked it up on the map i was like this is far it's like, it's like mm-hmm. almost canada upstate yeah and, that, and the way he <laughs> buffalo it was, right, it was like it was like woo. It, was, it was it was a drive away from where from brooklyn and when he was speaking, I'm like, you sound like you're from like Minnesota. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so different. It's true. Yeah. It's so different. It's so different. Um, so lastly, I'm going to ask, uh, Teshwa asked, what is the best experience or moment you've had so far? And mm. what has been the worst? Maybe start with, start with the worst. Okay. <laughs> the worst. Let's yeah. see. Um, I guess that thing that happened with the, the comment, because I just wasn't emotionally. Yeah ready for it right being like I'd been and we were it was at a, a party for different companies that work in travel so it was a okay. huge it's a huge party that happens every year usually every year it didn't happen last year where if you work in travel and tourism this uh, company that runs whale watching tours or whatever they throw this huge party on an island that's mm. like maybe a 10 minute ferry ride from downtown Reykjavik and so, you know, of course you want to go because it's free alcohol. Alcohol is very expensive in Iceland. FYI. Oh, okay. So whenever you can get it for free, you take it. <laughs> if you drink, of course. Okay. <laughs> so right. just app, yeah, or go to the duty free. There's always like the things I always okay. tell people. It's like, it is not a game. It, wow. it will suck your wallet dry. Oh. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but okay. So, um, so I don't, like I mentioned in the story, I've been drinking. So this was an experience I was just not prepared for at mm-hmm. all. And just hearing this person say this kind of brought me into this space of like, yes, I'm other. Thank you very much for pointing that out. And you were you know, looking for that check mark yeah. of having or thinking you might get yeah. lucky or something, you know? Because yeah. I remember distinctly like asking Ganesh to come pick me up and crying. And he's like, what's mm-hmm. wrong? And I explained to him. And he's like, and I feel like in a way, like a lot came flooding out because this was my first time going to this party. I think it was my first year working there. It's probably my first summer working there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just kind of floating in this space of feeling like, oh yeah, this is, I don't have to deal with this, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's more than that. So I'm, yeah. I'm lucky that my worst is 
you know, something a lot of people would be like, girl, I wish that was my worst, you know, <laughs> like I'm in that way, you know? Um, but yeah, I just I think I've been fortunate in this way and I hope it stays that way. I'm not going to yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're, 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 you're doing the entrepreneur thing now, so it may be a little yeah. bit different, you know, moving forward, but you probably will encounter other, you know, you're working with people and you're networking and so forth. So you never know. But I mean, hopefully that's, that's the worst of the situations that happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, let's and, keep it like that because I, I have enough right. internet on confrontations that make up for all the other stuff people are are so powerful behind the keyboard it's ridiculous i feel Mm -hmm. they are at least um and what is the best moment you've had so far yeah so that was that's a hard question because the nature here like i mentioned is so incredible Mm -hmm. and i've been fortunate to go to some great places including the highlands of iceland Mm -hmm. and i was just like whoa how is this even possible that this place has these like and it's like there's black sand deserts out there you know that you just you see it and you're like this is so vast. This country is so small. In desert. To- Sorry, say, say that. Only. Yes, it's exactly. It's a black desert. sand desert. In my mind, what you yes. said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you're like, there's nothing out there. It's not. It's not. It's not um, habitable. So nobody lives out there because they can't. And yeah, it's like it's, so. The middle of Iceland is uninhabitable, and that's the highlands. And everyone pretty much lives along the coast areas. Yeah, exactly. It's like the thing you learn. Oh, right? I want to see what it looks like. Could you speak of it? Please describe. Please describe. Please describe. So, but there's also at the same time like mossy green areas, and then there's like uh, in Landmannalaugar, there are rhyolite mountains where the mountains are like orange and red, and oh. like this, like it's insane. It's just like, what is this in like amazing diverse place? and glaciers out there as well right mm-hmm. and yeah i was just we were walking for nine days i mean me and nine day trips i don't know why i do like this but <laughs> we walked uh, i think over like a hundred and or close to 100 miles in nine days and i'd never done that before it was i i how much sorry 100 and what miles 100 miles in nine days so okay. it, was, it was a lot yeah a lot. <laughs> it was like it, that's a lot and we were just it was it was fun though like you're you're getting you know you have to have certain gear that you're taking with you now granted this was not like backpacking where we had all of our stuff we saw people like that who had like 50 to 60 pounds of stuff on their back and they looked miserable because they're working walking similar amounts as us but with their lives on their back (laughs) in my case um for the company I worked for I was able to go on this trip you know because uh, of employee um, privileges and I can bring my husband on for a discounted amount because ordinarily it's 3000 a person which is a lot of money you know and it's like it's not like you're having like you know luxury accommodations you're sleeping in huts yeah <laughs> huts that yeah. also have bathrooms like the ones in Greenland so it kind of took us oh. back to that I'm like yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> but um it was fun and you get this kind of euphoria from the amount of exertion that you're going through of like hiking up some areas and certain altitudes and then um, walking for, you know, six to seven hours, maybe eight hours that day. It's just like, it's like, a, it's, it's a job in essence, yeah. but you're out in nature and you're just absorbing all of this beauty and you can't really, because it's overwhelming. You realize how small you are in the world or like wading through rivers, you know, that are waist deep or something. And yeah, it was incredible. And this is, what is so powerful to me about this country and the fact that the weather can change at any time you can get snow there was still snow on on mountains when we were out there in july or august so yeah iceland is very much like this you can we can even have a summer that doesn't 
happen. Meaning like, it's not guaranteed for you to have warm, warmer weather, like the high temperatures usually around like 60 degrees. And it can happen like my summer 2018, we didn't really have summer. I didn't see the sun for weeks because it was raining so much. Oh, yeah. And it was just like dreary. And when I did see the sun, like my whole being changed. I was like, oh my gosh. It was like, it was like this is possible. Right, exactly. It's like, it gets brighter, but I don't actually see like the sun. Like, yeah, just, the actual yeah. sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just these experiences, I think just in general, my best thing has been like, my life feels like an adventure. And I think that's why I've been so interested in, in sharing it is that I want other people to experience this. I want other people to come and visit, but I want them to also be prepared for visiting because this isn't like summer in New York where you can be like, all right, I know it's gonna be hot as hell. And you know, like, yeah. I'm gonna stick to the subway if I sit down or something. Yeah. No, it isn't like that. I mean, you have to have different clothing with you just in case, you know, you have to be prepared for roads might close because of windstorms and windstorms that can blow the, um, black sand on your car and rip the paint off your car <laughs> or 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 the wind can be so strong it blows the doors off your car what? that can happen it has <laughs> happened my family did not understand this when they came and I told them and it didn't happen to us but I like one of them couldn't even open the door the wind was so strong I had to close my door after I got out come over to the other side and help them open the door against the wind and she was like you weren't joking and I was like I told you you have to be careful do not just try and willy-nilly open doors here when it's windy okay like mm-hmm. hurricane winds are not a reason to stop doing things in Iceland kids what they'll say is like just you know this time today make sure you hold your child's hand while walking to school <laughs> that's it it's like because I know about kids who've gotten blown downstairs and stuff like that <laughs> It's not funny. I'm sorry. But it's just because it's like when a parent retells it, they're like, oh, but they're fine. And they just kind of laugh because they're like, oh, thankfully. It's, okay. <laughs> it's, it's so different. It's so different than anything that we're used to. What, what was the, um? so you, before you um left, you said that there was a, there's like a special weather day that happens and they took, they took off work early. What was that? What was it that they were saying? Oh yeah. Okay. This is like, okay. So that's what I meant by summer. So, <laughs> so if it's a really beautiful day outside in summer in Iceland, mm-hmm. most people will find a way to get off of work early. Okay. And so it's not that it's like, oh, it's a specific day. It's like, there's any day <laughs> where, <there's> like, <laughs> where the sun is shining. There is this much wind and yeah, it's just a beautiful day in the summertime. People will be like, I'm leaving at three today. Bye. And he's just like, what? What do you, we're, we're not like a, you know, in that video, it's like, I'm, I just got there. So I was right. like, no, this is my mindset. It's like in New York, it's like, it, it will be there. It's like, no, it won't. Maybe tomorrow it will rain all day and be really windy. You can't do anything. You have to cancel all your plans. Yeah. So you just, you take that opportunity when it comes. And that's a very like Icelandic way of thinking is that the, the risk. Yeah, of course there's risk, but the opportunity is now. Mm. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a good life like thing to have to like a life yeah. skill to have too, right? The opportunities now take the opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of, I guess it kind of sets the mindset for maybe how they, how they think and move in other ways too. Yeah, definitely. You know, in, in, during, in their culture and life. Uh, I, before we go, I wanted you to see if, I wanted to see if you could um, tell us a few words in Icelandic mm-hmm. yeah. phrases that um, you find could be helpful if we ever were to visit Iceland. Yeah, there are, I would say the most simple ones for just showing like appreciation or 
wanting to like flex some Icelandic skills, right? <laughs> right. Would be like most people when they see you in their Icelandic, they want to say like, and it's during the day, like golden dayin, which is in essence, it literally means good day. So, uh, but that's like their way of saying hello. So go van, go van, dayin, dayin. Yeah, golden dayin. Yeah. So that one's super easy, right? I mean, it's like once you get used to saying it, but like whenever I go to the supermarket, like the first thing, or I should say more like a boutique store or something, when you walk in, it's like, go then die in. And you just, and it's nice because you're acknowledging the person and saying yeah. good day to them. Instead of being like, there is hollow, but like no one really ever says that. Honestly, it's yeah. just go then die in. And thank you is, either you can shorten it to talk, talk, or talk fit it. Which is like a little bit more of rolling of ours, yeah. Talk, fit So like thanks, it's like the difference between thanks and thank you. So talk yes. and fit it. Okay. And let's see. Mm. Let me see if there's anything else that would be like. So how about like a like a simple like a hello, nice to meet you, goodbye kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So then golantayin would be like the hello, and then nice to meet you is gaman. Gaman. Ath. Ak. Ath. Ath. Yeah. Kinast. Kinast. Thier. 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 Like T H. Thier. Yeah. Yeah. So Gaman Ath Kinast Thier is literally like enjoyable to meet you. Yeah, so it's golden tie in. And if you want to say like bye, it's bless. That's super easy. Like bless. Bless. Yeah. Bless. Bless bless. A lot of people say bless bless or just bless, you know, whatever. Bless bless. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice, 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 yeah. nice. So I'm gonna go and like do a little bit of research and like figure out some of the words in Icelandic since it, the letters seem to be the same too, right? It's this it's Latin letter, so it's fine, right? It is, but the, then there's the letters like when we talked about off, um, that th sound. Mm-hmm. So that letter it looks like a weird D. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's and then this foot, which is uh, a P looking but it has like a extended like uh almost like a hat on top of the people like, the people say hat i don't know if that's a, that's the best way of explaining it but like the straight line of the p extends higher up maybe that's a better way of explaining it. yeah okay um and there's also i like a e together like they're smushed together and that's i and then there's e which is looks like an I, but it has an accent on it. And then there's Upsilon E, which looks like a Y, but it also has an accent on it. And then it's like, yeah, it's like this, right, like Y. And then there's different ones that don't even, we, we wouldn't even really recognize like, uh, which is an O with two dots above it. Mm-hmm. An example of that in a word would be like, the word for children is like, Bur. and it's like, mm. yeah, it's just like, you, know, when you say it like, 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 so like when you say it, and what makes Icelandic so difficult is there's a lot of, um, conjugations a lot of declensions so there are four cases and i know if i'm taking up too much of your time you don't have to start you know go into nerdy language stuff okay but <laughs> so because this is something that like i learned so much more about grammar having to learn this language even though of course in new york and learning like language arts in school or something yeah. you know you learn about language but our language is so much more simplified yeah but icelandic you know i didn't know about nominative genitive dative 
like why would I right we don't we don't decline in these things at all like um these different ways of speaking or how you speak about something so the word hester which is a horse if you were to decline it going all the way down with all these cases it's like um hest um frau hesti it's wait, I remember this now <laughs> till hests yeah so um frau till so um has till hesti frau hests and it's just like that one word has just in that that's present tense that's a noun yeah has just declined that many times so it has a possibility of that and that's just the tip of the iceberg right so you could have words that decline you know up to 30 different ways and remembering this so well my question i guess is like well, why why why, yeah, why? why, so, many, Good why so many different like it's versions old. of the word because of the sentence that it's in yeah, yeah. So if, if I'm saying like, okay, so I should maybe explain this more. So um, um would be about a horse. Frau is from the horse. Till is to the horse. So that's what I mean by that. Yeah, sorry. That's a good question. That's a great question, actually, because in my mind, I'm already thinking like, yeah, I know why, you know, in that way. But like, it is how you're talking about the subject. And then you have verbs that change as well. And then you have um, articles that it's not an article like, you know, the stands alone in English, whereas for an Icelandic, it is connected to the noun. So it's like, so it's on the end of it. Mm-hmm. So it's a very different thing too. And that can change as well, along with how you're declining this word. And so it ends up being like, my brain hurts a lot. And I'm, you know, it's just, it's really, it's all about repeating over and over again and just yeah. banging it into your, mem- your memory. Like, cause that's no other way I think um, to do it than to just, it just becomes a part of how you think yeah in essence you know because it just logically there's some things that's just like i don't really understand this but i'll just do it right because <laughs> i want because i want to learn yeah so, yeah and this is your yeah. lifestyle so you i mean you want to be able to to learn the language of the people that are, you're living in and around and you know it's pretty cool though I, I think this is such a fascinating story thank you so much for coming my on my podcast and thank you for having me it's it's been it's been um interesting watching your videos but then speaking to you in person and like not having um I guess you know the framework of your YouTube videos and just kind of like speaking just to see like what life is really like the lifestyle is really like it's been really really yeah. interesting for me I've been wanting, I've been wanting to get into the sort of the, the nitty-gritty excuse me of those questions so this has been this has been really enlightening for me and I, I, I do want to visit now even not just because my my co-worker said you need to go visit um and at one point they were doing from New York they were doing like these specials to fly mm. yeah. um, for a weekend like a four-day kind of thing so like Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday and you yeah. just like you fly with a group you get there you're with a group the whole time and you tour oh, and you see all the yeah. things and you can get back to New York in time for like work on Monday morning kind of thing nice. okay. yeah. yeah they were doing it as I remember them doing it as specials for maybe like 2016 2015 they were doing it I was, I was just thinking to myself who wants to go to Iceland like what? <laughs> what is I didn't realize it was as close as it was number one mm-hmm but then also that, they, that it was as beautiful as it is too because you just yeah. don't you don't hear about it enough you know right. yeah this is really this is really really interesting i'm going to be, be doing some more research and watching some more videos and going back on your podcast and listening to more episodes yeah that we've talked. definitely really good nice to meet you too likewise but, thank you so much for having me have a wonderful day and i hope we got to talk again soon